everybody, is what my man Kai would say if he was here, but he's not, so it's just me, it's your boy Kush Hayes, here for a motherfucking microdose. It's January 5th, it is Wrestle Kingdom Day. If you're a pro wrestling fan, that means you are glued to the set right now watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 13. I'm watching it with my man right now, OG Kevin Gill. You may have heard of him. He's a musician. He's a video game producer. He's done some podcasting. Some. Some. And he's a wrestling commentator. Yeah, called a few matches. It's good. Kevin Gill, how you doing, buddy? What up, though, Kush Hayes? What a pleasure it is to be here watching Wrestle Kingdom. I see you sparking up, the, the keeping it ITAL with the Vital Greens grown organically and tilled by hand. Yeah, man. We, we do this uh, all day, every day. And uh, what better time to do it than during Wrestle Kingdom, man? We just saw the... Uh, the amazing, like, 19 six-man tag team opener. For the number one contendership for the Neverweight six-man title. That's right. I don't even know what that means, but that shit was sweet. It sure sounds dope. You know, we know <laughs> what a heavyweight is, a lightweight, a super lightweight, a featherweight, a bantamweight. Mm-hmm. However, a Neverweight, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. What I want to know is more. a Neverweight? I think maybe it just means like no no weight limit, hmm. or no no restriction or classification, but I don't know. Now we're currently looking at a static shot of uh, the Tokyo Dome, and I gotta say, I mean, it's still early, but it looks kind of empty for Tokyo Dome. Well, no, I can tell you for a fact that this year's Wrestle Kingdom 13, mm-hmm. as of two days prior to showtime, had sold more tickets than the previous year's show did, including walk-up. Okay. And you know someone there right now, so... Oh, uh, yeah, my good friend, uh, a podcaster, a music producer, uh, concert promoter and all that, Jake from Roxoff, New York City, is there right now texting me from the seats. So we have this, uh, the Tokyo to San Francisco to New York City connection all happening through the magic of your podcast. That's what's up. That's how we do it on a microdose. And if I may, to give props to New Japan, how dope is it that they have like a 35-minute match to for the pre-show featuring mm. even friends of ours like Jeff Cobb but then they just take a nice 20-minute break. Enough time for us to make a new drink, handle our paperwork, and get into some podcasting. There you go, man. I love this time of year. It's, uh, it's, I love the ritual. I love coming, coming to your homie's house. Midnight. <laughs> just watching wrestling till like 5 in the morning till you're just bloodshot, blurry-eyed. And- yeah, because to put it in perspective, we live in California. The sh- pre-show starts at midnight. The main show starts at 1. We have the advantage. If you live in New York, that means it's what like, the pre, the main matches start at four a.m. Four a.m. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the while, too, it's like only five p.m. in Japan right now. Five p.m. tomorrow. Right, right. It's wild. I love Japan. You know, Hulk Hogan used to gain an extra day in his schedule by flying back and forth from Japan. He almost like created a, a wormhole in time <laughs> and space. And if you don't believe me, you could ask him about it because he will tell you. <laughs> if I ever have the privilege to do so, I will. Would you call him Terry? Would you call him Hulk? Would you call him Mr. Boulder? Ooh, I think I would have to call him Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would like to get sassy with a guy like uh, the Hulkster. Like, I know the first time I ever meet The Rock, I'm going to call him Dewey. <laughs> Just to see what he comes back with? He, he's going to pop his eyebrow at me, and he's going to think about hurting me. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to happen sooner or later. But yeah, Hulk Hogan, I don't think I'd call him Terry. I don't know why. 
Well, plus, you know, I think if he wanted to be called Terry, he would dress like Terry. Like, I, I think Terry hasn't been seen in decades. You know what I mean? Hulk Hogan is at the airport, you know, in a feather boa and so stretch true. pants. And, you know, he even had that uh, for his court cases. He had it arranged with the court. And I'm not even kidding that he could wear his dress do-rag in court. Normally, That's a do-rag amazing. is not courtroom attire. But not it is when you are Hulk Hogan, I guess. And oh, my goodness. work out a deal with the judge. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> you notice I thought it was a dress do-rag. It was yeah, yeah, black, yeah. to be fair, and he did have a suit jacket on. And the formal, the formal do-rag. I think it was like a negotiation where he was like, all right, no, to, I'll say I'll leave the weightlifting belt in the hotel room, mm-hmm. but yes to the, uh, what do you call it? Yes to the dress do-rag. <laughs> and they're like, all right, as long as it's not red and yellow or whatever, if it's a black understated do-rag. <laughs> They're now hitting us with uh, highlights from last year's Wrestle Kingdom and, and what the storyline is leading up to this Wrestle Kingdom. And that motherfucker with the hair is just scary, dude. <laughs> yeah, Minoru Suzuki, man. Minoru Suzuki. Fuck walking down a dark alley. I don't want to see that dude in broad daylight. <laughs> dude, I got to cover uh, two New Japan shows in America, like uh, being like a backstage reporter or whatever. So the. The wrestlers give little press conferences after each match right. to the press because it's covered like a sport. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time he had a match, he would just blow off the the press. Okay. Like every other wrestler comes and talks and does their thing, but that's what I love about him. He's so committed to being a badass. It's like all he does is fight, so why would he talk to the press? Yeah. So it's just it's just great that every time all the press has to run into the room, set up all their stuff, wait, <laughs> and then... The Japanese person, like the handler, would come in and give the, they would give like a, a X symbol, meaning there is no interview. Or sometimes he might even storm through the room, like come directly from the ring, mm-hmm. storm through the press room, and just throw something on his way. That's it. And they're like, okay, uh, we'll see you next match. Oh my God. But I love it. It's commitment to character and detail. And in a way, not every wrestler can do that, but there should be someone on the show who has that mystique. Yeah. Right. He's also a, a, a wise businessman. He has a a thriving boutique in the Harajuku uh, district of Tokyo. Well, what's in the boutique? Just tea and shit? Or? Clo- yeah, it's like clo- his own clothing line. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing he probably carries other, other stuff too, you right. know? But he's uh, he's so, quite a popular fellow. Uh, actual Renaissance man. Now we're seeing more highlights here, like... What's going on with the Rainmaker? He he was the the main event for like the last four or five years, and this year he's pulling up number three on the card. Well, I think it's two things. One, this show, this Wrestle Kingdom 13, is literally so loaded with talent that we just watched a, a, a pre-show match that had more talent on it than most entire shows do. True. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to get to match one, which is uh, Will Ospreay. He's going to be defending his belt. And that match alone is a lot of people have that match picked to be match of the night. And that's match one. Uh, match one. <laughs> so there's really like six or seven main events on this show, you know? Oh, sure. It was a Cow Palace show. And I, I think it with... See, what's different about Japanese wrestling is uh, the Rainmaker is not in trouble. The Rainmaker is not run afoul of politics. The Rainmaker has not been like uh, used wrong creatively. Okay. It's all just part of long-term storytelling. So there was a time when uh, Okada was, a Rainmaker Okada was a total underneath guy, a young boy, you know? And then there was a story of him rising all the way to the top and being the best. 
but he did that. Mm-hmm. So once mm-hmm. he did that and did it for a long time, there's changes. Him and his longtime manager, his roadie, as I call them, they fell out, you know, in in in, in the show. All right. And now it's it's in a process where he's like kind of storyline wise, he's finding himself again. He's still just as damn good, mm-hmm. but he has his sights set on other things. As and eventually, all the pieces come together like a chess game, and he'll be back on top because he is one of the best in the world, without a doubt. And everyone on the show is. That's and it sounds like I'm being paid to hype this up right now, but uh, <laughs> um, it, it's all all facts. What no. I'm saying, it's not even opinion. You're 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 a fan, dude. I know this. Uh, the people know this. What is the match you're looking forward to on the show tonight? Woo. Well, <clears throat> like we were talking about before we got on the air. Um, so many of tonight's matches have ramifications that will affect and change the wrestling industry uh, here in America. Now, that sounds crazy. Like, how can that be? But many of the featured talents on this show, like uh, Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. like the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. like uh, Hangman Page, like Cody Rhodes, they all uh, announced they Well, not all. The Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes have launched this company. And they're leaving. They're, you know, have, they're not re-signing. That's known. That's oh, a okay. fact. Those three. Okay. Can a new deal be worked out or some sort of an arrangement that allows some sort of cross-pollination of talent? Mm -hmm. Who knows? But the question marks are Kenny Omega, one of the best, arguably, no, not even arguably, Kenny Omega, the best wrestler in the world facing Tanahashi, also fucking the best wrestler in the world. Mm. That's the main event tonight. And it had... What happens next is Ken, Kenny Omega, it was uh, uh, revealed today that Kenny Omega received one of the highest uh, contract offers like in WWE history is is the word that Dave Meltzer and others are reporting. Wow. And that's on him. His best friends have launched this new entity in conjunction with uh, the Khan family out of Jacksonville. He has an offer to go there. Dick. And Kenny Omega loves Japan. And this is his dream to wrestle in Japan. And he lives there. He speaks the language. Like, this is his thing, even though he's a Canadian. So, um, I'd say the Kenny Omega-Tanahashi match, uh, to me. Also, the Young Bucks versus uh, the G.O.D. And uh, that's the Gorillas of Destiny. There's a third team in there. I'm sorry that I'm forgetting right now. Gorillas of Destiny. Let's yeah. Go. That's going to be... That's something really special. Um, the Chris Jericho versus Naito. Now that's the one I'm looking forward to. That's the co-main event. It got changed last night to a no DQ match. What? Per uh, a very, you won't believe this, a very angry and very profanity-laced uh, Chris Jericho. <laughs> Went crazy last night. I'm sure they'll show it. But And there you go, Steve. And then New Japan's coming to Madison Square Garden April 6th for the G1 Supercard. My hometown, the Big Apple. Who would have thought that New Japan Pro Wrestling could run a G1 Supercard mm-hmm. in conjunction with Ring of Honor at the world's most famous arena in WWE's backyard during the weekend of mm-hmm. WWE's biggest annual event? Not WWE, that's for sure. It's crazy, dude. I mean, obviously, WrestleMania is uh, dollar-wise, attendance-wise. WrestleMania is the biggest show in the in the universe, period. Mm-hmm. But talk about... Let it, never in wrestling history has uh, rival companies, in a sense, come from so out of left field in a way. Like mm-hmm. a Japanese wrestling company reaching more and more American mindshare and reaching it with a product that transcends language. Because, sure, there's a bunch of what we call gaijin, American wrestlers, foreign wrestlers that wrestle there and they might speak English or whatever. Dick. 
primary wrestlers speak Japanese, the story is told in the ring. That's the magic of fucking wrestling. You can watch it without... You don't have to talk. It's great when you can, but... Mm-hmm. So anyway, New Japan is the fucking shit, dude. I'm hype as fuck. You're hype. I feel, totally I feel like hype. now I'm ready to do commentary, dog. <laughs> In fact, what, this is what I need. If I could have you do this with me for 10 minutes before I have to do commentary, sometimes it's very hard for me to switch from, I just flew all night on a plane, I'm exhausted, and mm-hmm. now it's time to do commentary. Yeah. And you know, you're standing around backstage, you're trying to think about stuff, and then you have to go into the, this mode that I'm in right now. Um, I don't always uh, flip the switch. I feel like it's hard to sometimes when you have nothing to. Mm-hmm. There's no spark. You know what I mean. That, you, the spark is the action. You of the need ring, to bounce but... something off the wall, man. You yes, know. man. Yeah. Yes. That's a that's a that's a thing. A problem I've been having lately, uh, but uh, we're working on that. So. Yeah, it's definitely tough, man. And sometimes I can just get in that zone, and sometimes you need like that little. The, the, something to help flip the switch, you know. That's what the microdose is all about, baby. It's it's it's, it's the warm up to the to the main event. So it's the opening act. It's the appetizer. It's the whipped cream in your coffee. There you go. It's the sauce on your steak. It's the sprinkle on your cupcake, biatch. How long have you been doing the Kevin Gill show now? Oh man, I think four, three or four years. Huh. And where can we find it? It's on uh, iTunes and Audio Boom and anywhere podcasts are heard. KevinGillShow.com has a lot of the episodes, but not all of them. And, uh, you know, it's a great mix of guests. It's uh, people from the world of music. It's people from the world of wrestling. Uh, just recently I had Andy Williams from the incredible thrash metal band or hardcore band, whatever you want to call them. Every Time I Die, straight out of Buffalo. Um, former WWE stars, current guys, New Japan guys. And what I like to do is, as you know, is just sit down and talk to people for real, person to person, to understand their story, their journey, the ups and downs, what gets them through, the the highlights and lowlights and, and laughter along the way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of uh, synergy between musicians and wrestlers and all this, and it all kind of comes together under the heading of positive mental attitude, because positive mental attitude is what I found it takes to get ahead and is... Everybody has the dream. Everyone on some level is a fan. But to take that fandom and somehow uh, manifest it into something more than uh, watching and supporting a product, which are both, it's great entertainment and it's it's great to support what you love, you know what I mean? But for me, I guess the, the idea started with music. Like I was super, super into music and wrestling when I was a kid. And then as I got into my late teens and stuff, I figured out... I figured out how to put out records, you know what I mean? Like, so I started putting out bands, but, and logistically, it's easier to put out a record than it is to put on a wrestling show, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yes. But, um, who knows? Like, if I had started putting on wrestling shows instead of putting out records, you know what I mean? But it, it all comes back to the same thing. Loving something so much that perhaps you get a door opened or an opportunity to go beyond watching it and start making something tangible out of it, making something physical happen whether it's making a physical record or here's a dvd of a show or whatever mm-hmm. it might be you know what i mean your merchandise your t-shirt your book your canvas with your art on it you, you know what put I mean? your aura out there yeah because that's what it all comes down to you have to have something to show everybody can say oh dude i love movies more than anybody let me let me tell you why i'm the guy who knows about movies or video games or anything or anything but mm-hmm. the moment you could say like well you know what I mean? You're looking at it from from a different perspective. You're creating content. You have a tangible, uh, a tangible mark you're leaving, and you're giving your thoughts in a way that's not just drunkenly talking to someone at a bar. Even though 
You might be drunkenly talking to someone at a bar. <laughs> you could be drunk on the podcast. They could be drunk. And that's the cool thing with podcasts is you never know where people are listening. That's what's up. I was messaging with some guys right before you came over that are Kevin Gill Show listeners, and they work in, uh, in Wisconsin in a yogurt factory. Mm. And they work overnight. Like They're inside these yogurt machines, I guess, like cleaning them out and shit or right. whatever. You're part of the process. Yeah. They'll have the KG Show in their earbuds while they're inside the yogurt tanks and shit. And I'm like... That shit makes my day. Like, that's a, a magical thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, that's where I'm at. I put out podcasts. I'm on social media, at OG Kevin Gill on Twitter, on Facebook as well, Instagram. And uh, you can catch me on Blackcraft Wrestling, All Pro Wrestling, uh, Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, if, for fans out there that are hearing me for the first time, you might have heard about David Arquette, that Hollywood actor mm. and star of Ready to Rumble and many other films, yeah, yeah, yeah. fighting in a violent and vicious death match in Los Angeles, California against Nick Gage. The event was Joey Janela's L.A. Confidential. The mat, the entire show was... Com- I got to call the entire show. Uh, much love to Brett Lauderdale and DJ Z and the whole crew at fucking uh, Game Changer Wrestling. I encourage everyone to check that out. It's available on pay-per-view uh, from Smartmark Video and all that. And ditto for Blackcraft Wrestling who did the great um, Spirits of the Dead show the other day in Buffalo. I was very honored to go out there and work with Every Time I Die and John Morrison and Soraya Knight and the whole crew. So uh, I'm just a dude on the grind, you know what I mean? Just like you, an independent dude. I know a lot of people, but I have no affiliation. You know what I'm saying? Like I, everyone, a lot of people seem to have like, oh, I'm on this podcast network and this person, these people do all these things. Like I wish I had that. I just put out the content, you know what I mean? And I hope that... Just like with records and video games and everything else, the content will reach the right ears and more and more people get turned on. You know what I mean? So if you hear this, come catch a movie with me sometime at the Metreon and then send me a shout out on Twitter. That's what's up. Right <laughs> in my glass, you player. Yeah, yay! At Double Bosley Network. Kush, Hay- Kush, Kush underscore Hayes. Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook. All, all the same. Surreal Sounds, play us out here. Bosley.net. Set, Bosley, set. Well, that's, that's kind of forward of you. <laughs>